Uh, this is the Entrepreneur Half Hour. So if you've got any questions about your business, starting a business, or your current business, if you're struggling or you'd like to streamline it, tweak it, make it a bit more efficient, then this next half hour is for you. Any questions, uh, thoughts, suggestions, 3920 is the number. Give me a text and I'll put it to our wonderful entrepreneur, Robert Hollis. Robert joins me now from San Fran. Good evening. How are you, my friend? Ready I'm, to rumble. I'm very good. Ready to rumble as well. Um, just for those who might be listening to this slot for the first time, can you explain just a little bit about yourself, how you got to where you are now and what you do? For sure. Yeah, so I um, grew up in Whanas uh, Wangatipo, East Coast Gisborne, and essentially, you know, failed high school, couldn't get into university, I was a professional snowboarder, and then transferred to business, and so I've built and exited a few different companies, but mostly in the, the media and tech space. So very passionate about New Zealand, very passionate about entrepreneurship and all things small business, and uh, been back and forth to the States for 20 years, and without getting into any political stuff, I'm currently not able to get back into New Zealand right now. So I have been uh, stateside for the last 18 months, and uh, that's, that's where I'm at, and that's what's bubbling away. And your name, Robert, is quite unusual. What's behind that? It is, yeah. So it's Robert, um, R-O-B-E-T-T. It's from my uh, my grandparents, Ron and Betty. So grand, Grandpa Ron, Grandma Betty, comboed it together. And uh, I've been taught since a very young age to, you know, be able to say my name and, um, you know, do it, do it the right way. And Robert it is. And it's going all right. Robert, okay. It's a cool name. It's a very cool name. Um, okay, so we, last week we had a lot of people text in with questions and stuff like that. So I do encourage everyone to text the questions in because Robert loves answering them and he gives some pretty damn good insightful answers um but before we um get into those before we'll allow those to roll in i'll just take a few headlines that you were um, talking a lot about on linkedin uh this week robert how to structure your social media posts for better engagement yeah so this, this one um a video i'd made to sort of put out I'm always really intrigued when I consume other businesses' content in terms of like how they actually try to get engagement. Because at the end of the day, for most of these businesses, they're trying to, you know, they're trying to convert eyeballs to see their social post, to eventually click a link, to go hopefully to a page, to eventually kind of convert into customers, right? So it's this whole journey of converting eyeballs of community into customers. And I've been thinking a little bit about the structuring of how how people are getting better results with it, and you know couple of things in the little video you sort of go through it's just on my, my LinkedIn but you know trying to figure out how to get you know the first line of your post really specific and to the point where it's it's super clear with a point of difference it's not just like bland and blah but really sort of critical so kind of eye-catching to be able to um, come and pop in and the second bit of is is kind of you know who potentially you could tag into it, uh, what hashtags you put, and how you sort of actually structure it down. Because obviously, you know, you can't put, you know, a million words like you would in a tweet, but you're going to treat each different platform a little bit differently, you know. And so um, in, in a nutshell is, you know, really make sure that first line is really clear to get as much attention as possible. Um, any imagery that goes along with it, make sure it, it, um, it obviously stands out and does well. But you'd be surprised at the amount of businesses that sort of shortcut it through um, and don't really make the effort because what happens is, you know, the second you, you post and let's say 100 people see it, but no one engages with it and everyone scrolls through it really quickly, the engagement on social, the algorithms on social media know that the eyeballs that are seeing it are not wanting to engage with it or, or keep their eyes on it. So what it actually does is by not, you know, 
putting good content out to start with is you kind of get hidden. And so weirdly enough, the more you can spend to really craft and curate, you know, good punchy first line, the right kind of tags and, and some good visuals, it can do way, way, way better um, in terms of the in terms of the um, the engagement for it. But it's something that you know you won't see that many businesses do really well because a lot of people just kind of rush it and put it out the door. But think about the first line and think about the one key thing you're wanting them to do. So go to a website or whatever. And, you know, it's it, these small things actually all add, all add up. Um, but you'd be surprised at the amount of people that kind of don't take that stuff as seriously as they potentially should. So if you mess up the first post, does that mean that your your algorithms are stuffed? No, no. What it does, basically, if... If a bunch of people start seeing that post and are instantly scrolling past it, the speed of which people are scrolling past it after they know your eyeball has hit it is telling the algorithm that basically this isn't that interesting and it's probably not worth looking. And so, you know, when there's thousands of posts that could be seen, you instantly actually get seen by less and less people really quickly. Um, and so you can tell that by the views. So a way, a good way to check it is, you know, look at the words of what you've written on, let's say, you know, your past 10 or 20 posts and actually look at the insights to see how many people saw it, how many people engaged with it. And it's a, it's a kind of good, um, uh, it's a good thing to look at to see, okay, what works and what doesn't. And then um, tweaking from there. So you can't just, you know, put it out there and think it all go good, you know, look at the insights, see what the data is telling you. And the reality is if, you know, if you find, a certain, you know, if you use maybe it's to use a specific um, discount or co- uh, percentage or a specific value or something or some type of feature on it, and if all of a sudden you're getting more engagement or more more views, it means that people are, you know, w- reading more of that stuff. So, you know, l- look at your past ten or twenty posts, have a look, then you'll be able the data will be able to see what's potentially popping up that people are interested in, and it's a good way to start. And it it's free, costs you nothing, but at the end of the day, if you're running a business and trying to get eyeballs to convert community into customers, you know, it's definitely worth trying to do, try and sell some more product and, you know, get some more revenue. We've got our first text in um, of this evening. It's from Sam. Not too sure where Sam is in the country, but it's from Sam. I'm a chef who was made redundant during COVID last year. 18 months, I am still unemployed and I've decided to go out on my own. I've bought a truck. I'm starting a food truck taco business. Any advice to kill it as a, as a taco food truck? So it's in the States, obviously food trucks are pretty massive, but the ones that weirdly enough have the biggest, um, uh, I guess the biggest sort of businesses, there's kind of two ways that people do it. One will be location, 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 literally going to where the eyeballs are. So, you know, say um, at the mitre 10 where a whole bunch of builders going, if you've got a spot right there, I'm pretty sure you can sell a lot of pies, right? Opposed to just somewhere else. Um, the other part would be, in the, you know, all over the show would be, the businesses that have amazing storytellings and brands on social media that becomes a destination and kind of like a social food flex. So when people are like, hey, I got this type of, you know, there's a very famous um, hot dog place in LA called Pinkies, which is, you know, where the Hollywood stars went to and they're all struggling actors and all the rest of it. They went through storytelling and through brand and then people, you know, they want to post the photos of them being able to potentially do it. So the two main things I'd be thinking about are either, you know, if you're going to be moving out and about, where can you go to that's going to be prime time for that? But then simultaneously, what type of, um, you know, epic social media can be getting out? And, and try to do things a little bit differently. You know, what if, you know, you do a quick little live stream of you making a taco, showing that how it's done, and you actually try to engage with it. It depends if you're good on camera or not. I think a, a, a one thing I would think about is obviously if you're going out on your own and starting it, 
is find what format will best work for you. Like, can you talk in front of the camera? And if you can't, if you can't, if you're good at photos, like what format is it? Photos, is it text, is it video? Like what's the format that you're most comfortable in? Double down on that, you know, or, or partner with others that can do um, the things that you're not good at because a classic mistake is trying to do everything yourself. And, you know, if you're not good at one thing, you know, that's why they say we've got a face for radio, Lloyd. That's why. <laughs> I'm sure you don't. I certainly do. Um, hopefully that helps you <laughs> helps you with your with your business, Sam. And um, feel free to give us a, another message next week if you've got a follow-up question. We'll send it through now, actually. Um, another one, um, 3920, I probably should say, is the number. 3920. Text it through to me and I can put these two. Um, Robert. Another one is from Penny. I notice you use LinkedIn a lot. What benefit does that have other, over other social media platforms? Totally. So the you know there's a whole bunch of different platforms for social. You know your Facebooks, your Instagrams, your whatever. For me, my myself, most of you know I run and I run businesses. Most of the people that are on there are business um, business people. They're you know they're wanting to not talk about the weather, looking to get engaged with you know commerce or content or creativity or whatever it may be. So one of the key things around figuring out you know what you're trying to do is also understand who you're trying to talk to um a lot of times people will say oh i need to be on this i need to be on that well you know let's say at the moment everyone's talking about you've got to be on tiktok it's like well if you're a lawyer that hates the camera and doesn't want to talk or be seen tiktok's probably not for you and you probably shouldn't do it <laughs> you know like just because everyone else says you have to be on everything i don't agree i think you know be where you're comfortable and be where the eyeballs are that um that you're trying to get to so why do I, you know, predominantly go on, go on LinkedIn? It's well, it's pretty simple. It's that's where most of the decision makers in business are, and you know, thought leadership and um, different bits and pieces around business and entrepreneurship, and 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 that's kind of where that's where that audience is. And obviously, you'll talk to them differently there than you would, you know, with a little TikTok dunks or something like that as well. So um, basically, you know, you want to try and go to where the, the audience is, and then you know, speak in a way which probably makes sense to their audience as well. Um, there's been another one from Troy. <laughs> Troy, how do you ask for a pay rise? This is probably for all of us, actually. It's probably pretty good advice. How do you ask for a pay rise without sounding ungrateful? Oh, it's a pretty good one. It's ungrateful. Um, I'm finding it. It's really difficult, look, because I've actually never really been employed, so I've never actually had to ask anyone. <laughs> I've never actually really asked anyone for anything. Um, how would I do it? I would. You actually, this is so funny because I've never. Uh, this good, could be wrong advice, because I've, I've, right, I've never it to, yeah. actually. Uh, <laughs> how I would potentially structure it, it's um, I would think about, and um, you know, the value you the, bring your organisation, um, the stuff that you're currently doing, and the conversation I have up the food chain is is actually thinking about. Um, first, you got to have some data behind you. So what I'd do is I'd look around the ecosystem, I'd figure out all the other potential players that do something similar. I'd see what the potential market is for all of that. And then the way I'd probably approach it is talking to your boss and say, hey, you know, I've been thinking about the great work I've been doing here, really amazing and enjoying it. I'm thinking about the, the next stages of where I'm wanting to head to and some of the, you know, my, my goals and looking at the current ecosystem. I want to make sure that, you know, I'm being proper, properly, you know, uh, compensated for the for the effort and the value that I'm bringing this business, and you know, I hope that you'd feel that I'm trying to do the best for it as well. So go it that way. I mean, when you approach it on the the negative of like, hey, give me some more money, potentially uh, doesn't usually go just as good as that. I would think about um, from seeing it from their side around. You know, if you weren't there, how hard would it be to replace you? Because that's the other part as well. Is you know, from a decision maker standpoint, if there's you know, literally. 10,000 other people who could do what you do and you come in and start flexing and get your ego out, 
then all of a sudden I'd actually be thinking, well, you're probably just pretty, you know, dispensable cog in the wheel. So next, you know, take your attitude elsewhere. So you need to be thinking as well about how good is your skill sets that differentiate from others? What's the current other ecosystem? You know, what else is in the marketplace for it? And then approach it in a way that says, you know, I've been here, want to do more. Um, I want to show that I'm, you know, valued and want to make sure that I'm, you know, compensated adequately. So a lot of people approach that wrong. I've seen time and time again, but unfortunately not me personally because I've never really... Never been really employable there, Lloyd. <laughs> well, if you're listening and you have got some good advice on how to get a pay rise and, and ask it without trying to, well, without sounding ungrateful, then, then maybe you can enlighten us. 3920 is the number. And also 3920 if you've got a question. Uh, Rebecca, we had a question here, one of them from Jake, saying, I've been reading heaps of books to my kids and I reckon it'll be, it'd be easy to write kids' books with about, about chickens or dogs or animals. Simple stories, cool pictures. Could that be a goldmine? Thoughts? With a Z. What are your thoughts on that, Rebet? At the end of the day, storytelling wins. But you know, we've talked about it before, Lloyd. It's you know, the market dictates and decides. I mean, if you're if you're a great drawer, it's pretty simple. Mickey Mouse started at a simple place. All these other cartoons started at a simple spot. It's easy to text about the idea. It's the next thing to take it from idea to execution. So it's going okay. Well, you know, what's the actual story? What's the, what's the arc? And let's you know, create create one. Find out. Like it's so. Anything that's creative, you can instantly get a you know a minimum viable product or an MVP on. Is you create one, you show some people, you see, take the feedback, you loop it back around, you try again. Anytime it's these creative things, the best part about it is if it's good, people can see it, and then if it's really good, people can share it, and then if it's great, people are going to want to want to get it. So, you know, if you if you create create the good, it doesn't take much now. I mean, it's totally free now to be able to get out to the world to potentially millions and billions. So. I would highly recommend if you think it's that easy, <laughs> just go and create one and see what happens, right? Like get get it out, create one, make it a free ebook, whatever you want to do. But um, I think what you'll usually find is, you know, when so many people create, they can, you know, that they can think it's easy to do, but actually going to execution mode is um, a little bit tricky because, you know, if it was that easy, everyone would do it. Yeah, exactly. And that's why we've got you on the phone so that people put these ideas to you and you can go, yep, no, yep, no. So, you know, that's good advice. Um, it, it might be a good idea, Jake, in, in your head at the moment while you're reading to your kids with magic talk on in the background. But um, are you a good drawer? Are you a good storyteller? You've got to get those things right first, I guess. Um, all right, that's the, I mean, we haven't got any more questions in the in the queue, but um, 3920, if, you, if you've got a very quick question, because we've only got six minutes left. Um, another thing you were talking about on LinkedIn this week, um, Robert was how to get mass distribution with no budget. Now, what what does that even mean? Yeah, so when it comes to brands getting the word out, um, you know, in a nutshell, the, the how to get mass distribution was, you know, how to how to get your content or your message to a whole bunch of people for free. Like, how do you get a million people to see it? And so that came from uh, some of uh, the LinkedIn content that I'd done, and you know, in a year, just with a, a um, iPhone Seven, I, I got to um, I reached 1.7 million people, and I didn't spend a cent. Like, and, and a lot of people thought, like, hey, hey, how did you do it? Like, how much was you spend? What was your, you know, how did you push it out? And I was like, zero, zero advertising, zero AdWords, zero promoter posts, absolutely zero. And I did it purely to prove that it obviously could be done to get past the million. But the, and then so one of the classic questions that people would always ask me is, oh, how do I get, you know, a million followers or a million views or whatever? And 
the actual answer is there is there is no hack. There is no there is no hack to it. You know, it's the patience to be able to you know create hundreds and thousands of posts that are you know consistently that it's cool, it's creative, and it's constant and it's ongoing. You know, for potentially years to be able to you know build up to do it, it needs to be good content to go great. The the best part about it now is it's becoming easier and easier for good content to get shared very very fast. Like the virality of posts can go to, you know, one to million in minutes. And, and it's pretty amazing because obviously the, the halo effects of when there's good content, it gets, you know, distributed wider and wider and, it, and then the algorithms get behind and it gets bigger. But the, the, the actual answer is, you know, the drop-off rate when people say that they want, you know, if, if someone's saying they want views, they're wanting temporary relevance. They're not necessarily trying to build brand, brand and have longevity. And the drop-off is insanely big after the first, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 posts. They, people don't have the patience. Everything, you know, there's no, you know, click this master course and get to all these different people. It, it doesn't exist like that. So unfortunately, that one was more of a reality check <laughs> around people expecting, oh, if I just do this hack or this code, if I post it this time, I'm going to get to a million people. It's like, well, if the content sucks, it's not going to go to anyone because <laughs> the creative could be could be crap, you know. So um, it's just a bit of a reality check for it, and having the patience to be able to commit to saying, you know what, I'm going to be telling, you know, adding value and doing the bits that I'm doing, and I'm happy to do it, you know, for years and for thousands of posts with absolutely no expectations. But um, most people, 99.9% of people, don't have the the patience to do it. So how do you get to 1.7 you know million people without spending a cent? Is create cool, consistent, constantly. Expect nothing and add value to others. That's the that's the way to do it. Is it still the holy grail to to get something to to go viral? For most brands that are thinking of transactions and campaigns, yes, because they just see the instant output. Because they're you know they're predicated on the, the next big win for their thing internally. But anyone who's building an actual brand that's going to have longevity and last for years and decades, um, they're not thinking about that. They're, th- they're thinking about legacy. And so you also just need a question. You know, are you going for a, a quick transaction and a quick win and you want to pop for a moment? Um, you know, it's like Jay-Z had that saying, you know, would you rather be a trend or Ralph Lauren? You know, do you want to be for a moment and a trend or do you want to be forever, like a brand? Um, and it's, a, it's like long game, short game, chess versus checkers. It's the same thing. Okay, wonderful. All right, well, that's all we've got time for, Robert. I do appreciate your time uh, this evening and all of your infinite wisdom. It is much appreciated, and thank you all for messaging in um, your your questions and stuff to Robert as well. Robert joins me every Thursday night as well to take all of your questions. So that's Robert Hollis, who's an entrepreneur over in San Francisco, but he is originally from Gisborne.